Welcome to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast. We're so happy you're here today to learn about how to create fresh perspectives on profitability, people, productivity, and finding peace in your small business. Today, we're going to dive into something more commonly misunderstood than we would ever believe. And once we do, you're going to find new ways to improve your productivity in a very unconventional fashion. So everybody get ready. And I'd like to start by introducing myself. My name is Maggie Mongan, and I am your host today. I'm a tenured master business coach and strategist for almost 20 years now. I'm the CEO of Brilliant Breakthroughs, Inc., which is a coaching practice specializing in guiding small businesses to optimize business performance and leadership. I'm all about improving the underserved small business sector. I honestly believe small businesses are the accelerant of our economy, so much so that inadvertently, I founded a number one best-selling business book series for small businesses. But don't worry, we'll talk about that later. More importantly, like all good things that are successful, I didn't do this alone. I invited tenured experts to join me in the authoring process just for you. So today we have with us one of our tenured experts, a two-time, or is it three times now, Mike? Three times. Three time number one best-selling business author, Mike Raber. Now, Mike works with small business owners and influencers, and he helps them learn how to get out of their way so they can own their expertise and fulfill their mission. So here's our big welcome to our returning author for the book series now three times, Mike Raver. Welcome. Hey, everybody. It's great to be back. <laughs> it's great to be back indeed. Let's see what we can do. Now, Mike, today we're going to focus on volume four, right? Yep. Okay. Volume four released in November of 2020. And just so you know, if, if you go to Amazon and you type in brilliant breakthroughs for the small business owner and the subtitle is fresh perspectives on profitability, people, productivity, and finding peace in your business, you're going to have four books come up. Volume four is the one with the radiant amethyst purple cover. And in volume four, Mike, you were the author of chapter five, right? Yep. Okay. Definitely. And it is titled, Are Your influencer capabilities being overshadowed oh over oh i'm oh let me try that again i just smashed two words together because <laughs> i really like this title it's so cool are your influencer capabilities being overpowered by your imposter syndrome this is going to intrigue a lot of small business owners because we already know the answer is uh-huh Yes, it is. Okay. So, Mike, I'm, I'm so thrilled that you're here because we've just gone through a crazy year with uh, a pandemic and the 
if our businesses have been able to do well, and a lot of small businesses have, others have not. But one of the things that I notice is many small business owners and even influencers have a dent in their armor after all of this, right? Oh, yes. Okay. And um, with that, I think that goes ahead and it impacts how we show up personally for our businesses, right? Yep, very true. Okay. Um, there's, there's much that we have to do, but I want you to go ahead and make sure that we're going to find a way to wow our listeners today. You ready to play that game? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And Mike, I'm hearing your microphone um, a little scratchy. Is it like dragging on maybe clothing or something like that? Uh, let me adjust it. How about now? Is it better now? Um, I'm not hearing it scratchy anymore. So maybe, maybe we're okay. better now. Okay. All right. Um, I know what we're going to talk about today. You know what we're going to talk about today, but our listeners don't. <laughs> That's right. Surprise. <laughs> so listeners, I would encourage you to stay with us over the next few interviews with Mike as he's going to share the four secrets to overcoming the imposter syndrome. Mike, do you want to share what the four secrets are? Sure. Secret number one, which I'm going to talk about today, is own your expertise. Don't fall prey to your insecurities. And I'm going to really dive into that deep. Okay, cool. So that's today's focus. Yep, that it is. Beautiful. And the secret number two, which I'll go into more detail about on the next podcast you and I do together, is whether or not your imposter, expert, or influencer lies in your belief about yourself. And it really dives into our own self-conception of who we are and what we bring to the market. Okay. Secret number three is what your mind can believe through proper conditioning you can achieve, which has been talked about in many different quotes, et cetera. But I'm going to again take that apart and give examples, a couple of great stories, et cetera, on how to make sure that we are envisioning what we want and then how to attract that into your life. And as a small business owner, that in its own right can make or break a business. Cool. And then Secret number four is be coachable and trust your mentors or guides. The old phrase, self-made, forgets the one challenge and that's self. It's important <laughs> that we have mentors, coaches, guides in our life and our business to give us advice when we're doing something that might be a little wonky and at the same time gives us encouragement when we're doing what's right. Okay, self-made. Yeah, I love that phrase because it's an oxymoron. Nobody <laughs> does anything by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> it's success, just like what I, I said in our introduction. I didn't do it alone. Okay, so I, I love this. Be coachable and trust your mentors or guides. Mm -hmm. All right, so as we dive into secret one today, what is the major challenge you see small business owners and or potential influencers facing? I would say, again, it's the um, influence, knowing that they have the skill sets, they have the expertise, yet I have found from helping multiple clients and potential influencers throughout my own career and myself as well, 
even though they fully may understand what the superpower is and they want to step into their purpose so they're able to help their clients, what's really important is that they are able to truly own that expertise. And I'm going to give a couple of different stories today of how I ended up falling into an experience. And it, because I own my expertise, I was able to create an outcome that I certainly didn't imagine at first, but because of that stepping into and saying, yes, I am ready, I'm the guy, things went in a totally different direction. However, I could have just as easily as many of the clients I've worked with in the past fallen prey to my insecurities. Or a lot of times I find people are falling prey to their own insecurities and it's teaching them how to get around that, move past whatever that fear, whatever the insecurity is. And again, stepping into their core genius or the superpower so that they can truly serve their clients the way they want to and the way their clients need to be served. Okay. That I, I, you just said a lot. And I think we need to slow that down just a little bit. We fall prey to our insecurities and or fears, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes not sometimes, all the time, let's just own it. All the time that impedes our success rate. Yeah. Okay, and I talk about many different things that impede our success rate. And that's why when you wanted to write about this and you do it in such a beautiful and vulnerable way, um, thank you for doing that because it, it's relevant to many other small business owners everybody experiences this at different times even successful people when they take on something new go through this again it's mm -hmm. just that they've been there before so they might do it a little more gracefully might yeah. might mm -hmm. an important word <laughs> they might do it more effectively or more efficiently they, they might do it differently than other people who don't even realize this is what they are struggling with not not learning one more social media platform this is what they're struggling with okay so we want to make sure that we get this right it's important to own your expertise and don't fall prey to your insecurities as often as you might want to yeah <laughs> Because it's easy to go there. It's like, oh, I can't do this right. Oh, I don't want this. Or I'll save that for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. mm. So there's, true. There's ways this shows up, right? Yeah. And it's interesting because I find in, this, in the influencer arena, so I'll start there for a second. Influencers, they have a passion that they want to share. They, they're an influencer for a reason. They have something that they want to go out there and influence people in. Mm -hmm. And that's where those insecurities can jump in and say, no, you're not ready yet. Wait, wait, just one more book, et cetera, with some of the things they talk about in the chapter. And the challenge is they are ready. And if they learn to get out of their own way, they can become that influencer that they are designed to be. So that's one way of dealing with what we're talking about. Another way, which I see as kind of an even bigger challenge for small business owners, but still a way that I think it shows up, even though we might not title it necessarily or identify it in that way, is small business owners often are try or they try to do many things themselves, kind of like the uh, master of, or jack of all trades, master of none, 
right? Because they're in business for themselves, and sometimes they do it because they don't have the reserves, they have to bootstrap their business, so they start taking on multiple tasks because they have to, they can't afford to pay someone to help them, which is starting out at times necessary, but it's very careful to get caught up into that. If I do it, because I'm doing it, the momentum kind of pulls you forward and it keeps, it's a way of dealing with the insecurity by doing it, right? And oftentimes small business owners tend to take on way too many tasks than they should be instead of delegating out something. And that's kind of where I guess that insecurity can come in too, is a lot of times small business owners will think, well, if I have so-and-so do this, what if they don't do as good of a job as myself? Again, that false belief around getting the task done. And because of that, they end up, they, they may do it better than the other person might, but the, uh, I guess, the cost that they pay in not being able to get something else done that they could have done better generally doesn't outweigh the benefit of having or doing it themselves versus having someone else do it. It's Yeah, um, that term that you're referencing is cost hyphen benefit analysis. Yes, yes, you thank you. You compare the cost to the benefit. And what we find out is, yes, bootstrapping might be really important to um, prop a business up, but there comes a point where the cost of continuing to bootstrap for the business owner is not giving them the benefit that they believe, mm -hmm. but they've been in this habit and they attach their, their pride, okay, and their ego to this accomplishment that they were able to figure it out. I was just in a conversation mm -hmm. literally right before this recording where a small business owner was telling me, well, I outsource all this, but I outsource it to some people in the Philippines. And so it's, it's you know, like a two-day turnaround. And then if it's not right, then I have to do it again. And I could do this all myself. I know how to do it. But I'm trying to train myself to mm -hmm. not do it. So I focus on the right things to advance my business because they can't do that, but they can do this. Yeah. So we talked about how she needs to move her timeline up on what she needs done and has them working on while she's working on her stuff. So it's, it's one of those things that this is really common. So I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, mm -hmm. um, because bootstrapping serves in different times and it can ultimately crush you and your success rate in others. Yeah. So make sure you're doing that cost benefit analysis. I love this. But one of the things that you're known for, Mike, is stories. And I know that you, that um, last time we started talking about a story. So you, why, don't, why don't you tell us the rest of what we need to know about stories and baptism by fire and all this good stuff? Yes. Because you, you're just great at this. So ultimately, okay. what do we need to know? Bring it on. Perfect. And real quick, before I get into that story, one of the things that going off of what you were just saying too is, I find that it can be a fine line between not doing enough and shying away from a task to figuring out what things do they really enjoy. And I have discovered to working with multiple clients again and myself, that often the things that we enjoy are also things we're good at. 
<laughs> yes. So it ties back into one of the phrases. I think I said it in book two, if I'm not mistaken. Figure out what it is that you're good at and then surround yourself with other people whose strengths are your weaknesses. Hmm. And that kind of ties back into what you were just saying about delegating stuff out to the Philippines and or to not doing enough themselves and making sure that they're focusing on what they enjoy. What's the point of being in business if you're not having fun, right? You got to have fun with it. And right. the things you don't like, chances are you're not very good at it anyway. So surround yourself with other people that can do that for you. I love that. Okay. So we have a lot going on already. Yes. And that's just with one question. Okay. So let's, let's talk about this because in, um, in our podcast, episode number 157, we talked a lot about this and you promised that you were going to tell us the rest of the story that George shared with you. So mm -hmm. everyone, if you haven't heard it yet, you might want to go back and listen to 157 for the first part of the story. You still willing to share the rest of the story with us? Yes. And I started talking about how George was sharing with us about how he, um, he, he wrote a book called um, Get Back Up from the Streets to Microsoft Suites. And when he first started his career early on, he had got out of the army. He had managed different restaurants, real estate. He did a lot of different things in his career. So he had a lot of experience. But they had their first child. And his wife needed someone who could a, acquire insurance and or she had to either her or he or his wife needed to get, find a solid job. So he would kind of force him on the entrepreneurial journey for a while. And there was an ad in the paper for someone that they were looking to that could work with cameras, printers, and gadgets, basically repair these different, different hardware. Okay. And he figured, well, I've used cameras in my life. And I have a printer at home, so you push a button and it prints out a piece of paper and voila, you're done. So that's not that difficult. And I like gadgets. I go with my hands. I tinker with a lot of different things. So I'm sure I can figure that out too. So he applied for this job. And at first it was a way because he needed a steady job that had good benefits, et cetera. And he figured he also knew enough about himself that he's very smart and he would be able to figure out what the requirements of the job was. So he applies for the job and he gets the job. <laughs> and he now finds himself, and it's so funny the way he explains the story, because I'm going to give you a 30,000 foot view of the story, but the most important component of the story was he shows up, and it wasn't working with cameras, it was repairing cameras. It wasn't <laughs> using printers, it was taking them apart and rebuilding them. And the gadgets were all the things in between. <laughs> Uh-oh. Fortunately, he was given a leadership type role in that position. So he had the ability to bring in other people to build out this team to work in the camera printers and gadgets room. And he started to figure out, okay, who in this area are really good at cameras, at printers, and at gadgets? And he pulled them together and they would come in and they would put together, they would take the printer part and he would help and kind of watch and he would learn baptism under fire, as you said earlier. <laughs> and he found that they would all go home at five o'clock 
And then he would take, because he still had to show up as a leader the next day, is he would take one or two of the projects I think get finished going off of what he just watched them do. And he'd tear it apart and put it back together. And from say five o'clock to 10 o'clock in the evening, he would study and learn and figure out how to do it so that he would be one step ahead of the team when they showed up the next morning. And on this went until he finally ended up getting hired into Microsoft, which is a whole different story. And perhaps with his permission, I'll share that further down the road. But the really cool thing about that was because he had the confidence to step in, even though was he an expert at rebuilding printers? No, but he had the confidence to know that he could figure it out. And because he was willing to put in the, the um, time studying and practicing, he became an expert at it. And he had a team, again, to figure out what you do well and surround with other people whose strengths are your weaknesses. He built out this team of experts. And because of that, their division was very successful. They ran really well and they built up this really strong team um, environment. And part of it was his own belief as a leader, which is why he's such a great leader today, is it's a collaborative effect. It's not, I'm the boss, you're the employee, do it. It's let's figure this out together and do it so the job gets done well and we all benefit. And when he moved into Microsoft, his team followed him. And he, well, let me back up. When he moved into Microsoft, he had to build out another team. Well, guess who were the first people he went to in that team? And all the way through his career, some of the people that he worked with way back in the camera printers and gadgets arena also were part of his team all the way to where he retired um, through Microsoft. Again, many stories and the best way when I could, would love to go on and on because his stories amaze me. But going back to his book, he wrote a whole book on not only that story and multiple stories within that, but also what got him there. And I think it's a great lesson for entrepreneurs, for influencers on how, when an opportunity arises, step into it, have the confidence that you can figure it out or you will figure it out as you go along and then quickly look for people that can do it and collaborate with them and make it a team effort to, by them doing it, it gets done right. And by them doing it, you learn how to do it. And then as yes. soon as you know how to do it, don't keep doing it. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, as far as the entrepreneur trying to do everything, not delegating things out. The most important piece of this is as soon as you understand how to do it and you can now pass it on to somebody else, pass it on and then step into the next thing that needs to get done. And that's how you climb the corporate ladder, so to speak. Okay, so that's, <laughs> that's how we do it. So let's, let's explore secret number one a little more. It's sure. all about overcoming the imposter syndrome. And you said, make sure first we own our expertise and we don't fall prey to our insecurities, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, and I know you're going to give us a great formula to work through that. So why don't you um, talk about what a common challenge is? Okay. One of the common challenges I find, and again, with multiple clients I've worked with and myself, to be totally truthful, is not feeling adequate or having enough experience to take on a certain task. Otherwise, again, referred to as imposter syndrome. I'm not going to argue at times 
that we actually do have enough experience or expertise. And I'm about to share a story with you uh, that proves the point that I'm making now. And as long as we move forward, step after step after step, we will gain the confidence that comes with that. And we'll be able to complete a needed task or project that we wanna take on. It's kind of like the old saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Hmm. And the right. formula, right. which I really like is, and part of it is we have to get, get out of our own way. And even if we haven't done the activity yet, know that as we start to do it, it will evolve. the process will evolve. And the formula goes like this, an idea plus plan plus action equals result. Then once you have a result, so first you get the idea, then you put the plan together on how to orchestrate the idea, you orchestrate it, action, now you have the result, so plan plus action, idea plus plan plus action equals result. Now consistent activity. So once you create the result that you're looking for, do it again and again and again. Consistent <laughs> activity plus results equals confidence or belief. And there's two important parts of this formula. Number one, for our own confidence, for our own expertise to acquire that, we have to do this ourselves. Okay. It doesn't mean we have to do everything. Again, going back to George's story, we can bring people into the fold that have the expertise that we need right now and borrow it. Or we can delegate a piece of it out and have someone else who has that expertise step in and do it. As long as we create the result that we want and we take the action, whether it's ourselves or collaborating with others to achieve that result, we're most of the way there. Then once we get to that point, again, consistent activity, doing it again and again, we're going to continue to evolve and improve upon the process or the result that we're looking for. And once we're at that point, the confidence or belief that we can easily do it happens. It no longer becomes an issue, it just is. And that's where we can then either have someone else do it completely or we can do part of it or however that looks like within your business. But it's starting and stepping out and taking that first step, that first idea, putting into practice until you desire or create the result that you want. Okay, and, and Mike, I know you have a really great example of this. Um, mm -hmm. One of your stories is as a restaurant manager, positioning was opened. Can you yes. tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. And it kind of ties into one of the things I talk about in the, um, the um, book or the chapter is faith it until you make it. Act with the faith that if you proceed with the correct or close to correct action, again, collaborate with those with skills that you may not yet possess, in time you will reach that desired result. And a great example of that is many years ago, I applied for a restaurant manager position and was hired and put in a 12-week manager training program where at the end of the program, I would become a store manager, which was cool. I knew, had worked in restaurants. I grew up in a restaurant business, so I understood the restaurant business itself, but this was a fast food restaurant, so it was a different type of um, vehicle so this, or restaurant. Mm -hmm. Anyway, two weeks into the training program, I show up for work, gung-ho, ready to go, 
only to discover the district manager standing over the safe with the bewildered look on his face. And he goes, Mike, I don't know how to tell you this, but the store manager, your trainer, emptied the safe out and went to Las Vegas. Uh-oh. Like, oh, yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> now what? And mm -hmm. he said, well, we got to open up the restaurant and keep things going. So we opened the restaurant and he helped me for a while. And then later that day, once all the dust settled, the district manager asked me if I would continue my training and show up, do what I had learned and to help keep the lights on, so to speak. And he would find a new trainer or store manager to come in and I would then finish out my training program. And at that point, I would know enough and could run my own restaurant as a store manager. So I said, sure, no problem. I ran restaurants. This can't be that much different than any others, right? Like I just said earlier. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I told him. <laughs> this is going to be good. I can tell. <laughs> no problem. Day one, day two, week one, week two. I'm waiting for my trainer. I'm waiting for my replacement. And I find out when the district manager comes in and says, I don't know how to tell you this, but the restaurant was just sold to a corporate restaurant group, which is going to buy the restaurant and they may keep it themselves. They might sell it. We don't know what their plan is, but it's now everything that you know to be true no longer is. It's now their game plan. And our goal now is to continue to run the restaurant and keep it as efficient as can be. In fact, by the way, we need to, before at that point, we had four people per shift. We had to drop it down to three people so we could make our labor costs really tight. We used to give the employees a free meal per shift, the one perk they had. We had to take that away. And if they wanted a free meal, they could have it for only 50% of their retail price. Like these people or these kids had enough to pay even 50%. Oh, and by the way, we had to keep the employees happy. Not the employees. Well, keep the employees happy, but keep the customers happy. So I had to run a skeleton crew. I couldn't reward them with perks like a free meal. And I had to keep customers happy. Okay. And do the, the corporate way. But no problem. My trainer was on their way. It was just another day or two. And the trainer would show up and I would be ready to fall back in as a trainee and continue onward. Week two goes by. Week three goes by. This district manager is running around trying to figure out how to keep his own job. He certainly didn't have time to worry about whether or not I had a trainer. And the corporation <laughs> somehow lost the paperwork. So they just assumed that was a store manager. Oh, well, that's convenient. Yeah. Instant <laughs> promotion. Not. Mm -mm. <laughs> But at that point, I had fun. The employees had fun. The customers didn't seem to mind a whole lot. Business as usual, as they say, right? So I just kept plugging along, waiting for my trainer to show up. And then as if it was a gift from heaven, the marketing department, which probably between you and I, I don't think they ever stepped foot, at least behind the counter of a working restaurant, because they clearly had no idea of the science or psychology behind running a restaurant. Okay. They created a coupon. Or if you buy one two-piece fish and chips, you could have a second one for free, which restaurants do all the time. That's normal. The funny thing, though, is, and this is where I said they clearly didn't know the operations of a restaurant, was their coupon. They wanted to make it 
available for up to four groups. So a family of eight, as example, could come in and get four two-piece fish and chips that they pay for, and they would be couponed to get four for free. Ah. And they thought that it would be a way of attracting big families into the restaurant. Great <laughs> idea in a marketing room, I guess. Our average customer, however, were couples or were high school kids who bought one and then the coupon went off. So their coupon promotion, which they really needed to do and make look good for the corporate headquarters so that the marketing people kept their jobs, didn't do very well, to say the least. Sounds like it. Yes. Now, as good stories go, I'm in the restaurant one day and one of my employees is complaining about how she didn't have breakfast and she was starving and she didn't have any money and her eyes are starting to beat up with tears and all she wanted was something that she could take a short break and eat something so she could regain her energy and then she'd go back to work. And this is an employee that was always smiling. So I'm listening to her. I'm thinking about the fact that I have to keep my numbers. If I give her a free meal, I'm going to have my food costs go down. If I all the different variables. And then I see this couple come in and they buy a two piece fish and chips and then they leave and right behind the customer is a person who wants one piece fish and chips. So I took the coupon from the customer <laughs> and couponed off the second fish and chips off the customer that just bought one. Customer didn't care, they only wanted one. I then took the free one that I couponed off and gave it to my employee so she could have food. She then sat down and ate, she was very happy. And it dawned on me, that these coupons were like golden answers to my conundrum. <laughs> if I use the coupon sparingly and coupon off um, two-piece fish and chips, I could give my employees, as long as they didn't mind a two-piece fish and chips, a free meal with their shift so they would be happy. So it seemed like a no-brainer. No one got hurt by it and marketing got to use the coupon. So I figured marketing would be happy too. So lo and behold, I started doing that. And a couple of weeks later, the district manager comes in. He goes, Mike, I don't know how to tell you this, but number one, you have the best food costs in the district. Well, it's because <laughs> I'm selling food and charging it to marketing that never went out the door. So easy to have good food costs when you're not using the food you're selling. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And my employees were extremely happy. And the customers were extremely happy in marketing were amazed that our restaurant had the best coupon usage in the whole district. So <laughs> he asked if I'd be willing to just continue business as usual and hopefully nobody would ever figure out the wiser. Mm. And I figured, well, why not? And the funny thing about it was my goal at the time, and it kind of ties into owning your expertise staying true with what you knew. I know people, I know the restaurant business, I know numbers. I knew what I had to do to keep corporate happy. I knew what I had to do as a leader to keep my employees happy. And it all started from my only one goal was to keep one client who is normally always smiling from crying in front of me and being able to feed her. And everybody won, the employees won, the district manager won, the corporate won, marketing department won, and indirectly, I won. And it was kind of funny how kind of stories go. It continued to evolve. And it went that way for, I don't know, 
a year, year and a half, where I was still four weeks into the training program, titleless, though I had the role of the manager. <laughs> huh. There I was running the man running the restaurant as if I had accomplished all the goals as far as being a store manager and stuff that I wanted, except that I didn't because I own my own expertise. So you knew what your strengths were, your expertise. You figured out a way to be resourceful with all the requirements and you made it a success. Mm -hmm. for everyone involved. Yeah. Okay. I, I love that because sometimes we forget we have plenty of resources available to us. And if we slow down for a couple minutes, we might notice a few of them. And then mm -hmm. we can accelerate our success. And that's exactly what you did. You slowed down, you assessed everything that was going on, what was available to you, what the requirements were, and then you figured out a better way to do it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this, this makes a lot of sense. It's practical. Mm. If we were at home in our life having to figure out how to do something like that chances are we would stop everything and hit pause mm -hmm. and say okay i gotta make you happy you happy you happy you happy you happy and you happy and here's my constraints so where do i have the flexibility and instead of griping about it you just figured out where it was yeah and granted you had an employee out of necessity show you a way Mm -hmm. to do that but the, then you figured out it just wasn't a one time you figured out how to optimize everything according to this yeah this is awesome build a system around it exactly and, it, and you were even given acknowledgement <laughs> for doing it so well that's yeah, absolutely that the hilarious <laughs> <laughs> i love this so we need to get more creative is the end of the story right mm -hmm. so okay true. So, so, you know, I just said the end of the story and I'd love for us to continue to go. I have one more question for you mm -hmm. because we need to do our wrap up. We don't have much time left and I know that you still have something more to share. So any other examples of share of, of showing up as an expert and not falling prey to your insecurities for us, Mike? Yes. And it actually wraps up the story at the same time. And it's kind of funny because Sometimes the outcome that we want can be so simple, yet so profound. <laughs> the listeners out there might be thinking, okay, so what's this got to do with the first secret? Mm. Well, as they say, now for the rest of the story, because I chose my, to own my expertise and show up like the expert that I really was, I was able to run the restaurant while remaining a hero in the corporate restaurant group's eyes and was left alone to do my thing. Shortly after uh, the district manager came in and said all the things that he said as far as the numbers and that stuff, the restaurant, maybe it was six months or so later, the corporate restaurant group was thinking about selling their restaurant, emerging with a Chinese company and having them bring the restaurant chain into China, which would have been a big business move naturally. And there was a meeting that they had 
that um, comprised of the Chinese company and then a couple government officials. Okay. And, and then our president of the restaurant group. And rumors, in fact, it's kind of funny, not to digress, but it's kind of funny how whenever, because I'm fluent in Chinese and I started working at this restaurant shortly after coming back from Taiwan, I would think in Chinese often if I got stressed. So I would say something and the employees would look at each other and look, they would look at me and they would say, oh no, Mike's upset. And I'd say, what are you talking about? Why am I, what are you, why do you say that? And they said, because you speak in Chinese. <laughs> okay. You can say things much faster. <laughs> so anyway, that was kind of the joke in the restaurant. And some of the corporate people knew that I could speak Chinese. So they asked if I would be willing to attend the meeting and kind of listen from the background. So I sat there like a fly on the wall next to the president and listened to the conversation. And while we were on lunch break, I overheard one of the couple of the government officials and one of the Chinese company officials say to each other some things that had the corporate restaurant group went through with this merger would have cost them millions of dollars. So at the end of the meeting, I shared what I overheard with the president of the restaurant and he was very thankful of what I told him. And then I went back to the restaurant. And again, it was business as usual. He went back to the corporation. And about a week later, he comes in and he asked if he could talk to me. And I'm kind of intrigued at, wow, did I do something wrong? Again, blind parade of wins <laughs> insecurities. And he tells me that they, after um, doing more of their due diligence, they um, came to the conclusion that I likely saved them 10 million or so dollars by pulling out of the deal and not going through with it, mm. which was amazing. He then asked what I wanted in return. And I'm thinking, wow, little old me, I saved this big corporation $10 million? Mm. How? Why? What? Again, the influencer in me, right? So I sat there for a few minutes, smiled, and said, simple. I want to be officially promoted to store manager. (laughs) Then after two weeks, have another manager take over the restaurant so I can go back to school. Even Mm. then, I knew that everything I did with the restaurant without having that certification if I wanted to work for another restaurant in the future, whatever my resume-wise, I needed to be but you kind of, when you start a training program, it's very important that you complete it. Even yes. if you've done all this stuff 10 times over in between. So I wanted to complete the training program and I did. So the store manager smiles and says, okay, and you want to go back to school full time? I say, yeah, I really like working here, but I believe that my skill sets would be better used elsewhere. And he mm. smiled and said, I agree. I think that's a fabulous idea. Not only did I get promoted to store manager, not only did somebody take over the restaurant relieving me from that role, he, the corporation paid my first year of school. So I was able to go back to school and finish a degree in marketing and um, business management. Ta-da. Yep. Okay. So that's a great story of how important 
for it is that small business owners pay attention to how they're uh, able to reach out for opportunities and how they might show up, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Because boy, I, I would love for us to keep going, but we need to wrap this up, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, and, you know, the good news is we still have three more episodes to do. Yeah, very true. I guess in wrapping up, given all that has happened over this past year, as small business owners and potential influencers, as you transition into the upcoming year, it's time to own your truth and show up as the expert that you are. Don't let your fear of not being good enough stop you. Another lesson George A. Santino taught me was to learn to say yes to every opportunity, like what I did with the restaurant experience, even if you don't yet know how to do it. If you are seen as the person who always says yes, more opportunities will be presented to you. So if you step into a new opportunity, don't yet know how to do it, Learn it quickly, then surround yourself with other people who know more than you do. Again, like I keep saying, that's how we become a master at it or an expert at it is by, again, doing it over and over and over again. I firmly believe that we are all here for a reason, an expert in your own right, whether it's as an influencer, as a small business owner, or anyone who may be listening to this podcast. What is your core genius? If you let your self-perceived limitations get in your way, remember, not only do you cheat yourselves, but we also cheat those around us. And we may not be able to serve those we otherwise could. So like the restaurant story, if you're in business, you might be thinking, yeah, but that's a restaurant. What's I got to do with my business? Mm. Simple. Running a restaurant, running a business, skill sets are the same. The process is the same. Is whether or not we choose to be that expert, we choose to collaborate with and create all the different things I shared with you on a podcast today and show up like that expert. If we do, not only will we bless and enrich our families, our employees' lives, but we will also show up and be able to make a positive influence in our community as well. All right, there it is. Doesn't matter what the title is you have we all have the opportunity to influence one another thanks mike thanks mike all right so now we really have to wrap this puppy up okay so listeners this is how you can learn more and engage with number one best-selling that would be number one international best-selling excuse me mike um author Mike Raber, start by reading chapter five in volume four of Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. Again, that's the Amethyst Covered Book, volume four. And gift your business's performance by accepting the invitation that Mike has for you at the bottom of his author's page. And you'll find that at the end of his chapter. Mike, you want to share what your special invitation is? Uh, yeah, if you go to um, www.microbizcorp.com forward slash the influencers journey, I go into more detail as far as the four secrets to coming in positive sentiment. We have a lot of really cool um, nuggets for you to dive into and learn. 
Okay, cool. And by the way, everybody should check that out. Plus, there's all sorts of uh, handles for different social media sites for you to connect with Mike, too. And here's something that's really cool. Right now, you can see everything about the book, how to get a hold of it, all the authors, as well as Mike, by going to the Books app. And it's a free download. Just type in Brilliant Biz Book in your app store. Brilliant Biz Book. And once you do that, we have a feature that's called Ask an Expert. You'll see Mike Raber's name there. Click on it and type him any question you have, and he'll reply back to you. Pretty cool bonus, isn't it, Mike? Yep, for sure. All right. Um, and Mike, what's the best way for somebody to get a hold of you? If you go to www.influencersjourney.com or it, ideally, if they go to Brilliant Biz Book, capital B Brilliant, capital B Biz, capital B Book, and download the app that Maggie just referred to, all my information is there waiting for you. Oh, sweet. So a couple different ways that we can get a hold of you. And remember, um, Mike had referenced episode number 157 for the beginning of this journey about the four secrets. Now, that's not the only episode he has on our podcast. And we'll include all of them in the um, show notes. But he's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, over a dozen times Mike has showed up and dropped his wisdom, just like he did today. And it's highly valuable, practical. And in case you didn't notice, Mike tells great stories, hmm. <laughs> teachable stories. All right. Um, Mike, I want to thank you for your time and your wisdom sharing today. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah, we have a treat coming up with three more episodes to crack this puppy open on secret number two, three, and four. Yay! And listeners, we really appreciate you listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast, where you learn about how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your small business. Shine brightly until next week.